The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. This is Daryl from Georgia. I never listen to I Doubt It Was Dollar More because Jesse turns everything into a shit show. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 652 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. Yes, you are. I, I am. You are. It's affirmed. Yes. It is confirmed. Yes. That I am joined. I think both of those would work, you. right? Affirmed, <laughs> confirmed, both would work. I think so. It didn't sound right after I said that it was affirmed. Yeah, I like it. It sounds good. Well, you're a very affirming individual. I, I appreciate your presence, Brittany Page. Well, you're welcome and happy to be here, as always, <laughs> for the 750 episodes. 652. Oh, I'm sorry. 652 times we have done this very thing. You know... It's it's closer to what I just said because of the bonus episodes and things like that. Oh no, that it's number not. is including no, it's all not. that. Yeah. Now, as yeah. soon as I said that, I I was trying to. <laughs> anyway, we do a lot of work over here, and yeah, it kind of just runs do. together, and we feel like we've done more work than we actually have done at the I doubt it with Dollamore World Headquarters. Yes, our yes. our palatial studios high atop some crystal tower. Uh huh. Not really. Yeah, not happening. Well, you know who does live in a crystal tower is our dog Popeye, and <laughs> we pay a pretty penny for him to live a very good life. Lucky for him, he is quite the money pit. He is significant health problems some people have houses that just suck their money out yeah remodels that last forever Mm -hmm. we've got an eight-year-old english bulldog yeah and listen he's licking my feet right now as we speak (laughs) and that's what we pay for that's right that's what we pay for well his his latest (laughs) maladies that we're fighting right now are uh Ear, he's got a terrible ear problem, and then Mm -hmm. some kind of a gross-ass skin thing. It's not good. That he's, like, losing, not, I was going to say patches. It's not patches. It's one patch. It is one quarter to 50-cent piece. Are 50-cent pieces even a thing anymore? I'm sure they exist. 50-cent piece patch of no hair. Yeah. Because of whatever the hell he's got going on. And it... It fell off in like a day. Like it happened really quick. Yeah. Like yeah his yeah. hair just jumped out of his skin. And anyway, 
we, we just we live at the vet now. We go there so much. He immediately knows when we're there, when we pull into the parking lot. He doesn't want to go in. He knows what's in store. But it it's a bummer because he does. He has a lot of problems. And this is common, I think, for bulldogs. For sure. It's part of the part of the charm of the breed. Yeah. It's also due to some some of it, irresponsible breeding. Is it not? Yeah, for sure. Well, what happens is when you get a specialty breed like this, mm-hmm. like in the 80s, when you had uh, Tom Selleck on on uh, Magnum P.I., mm-hmm. right? He uh, had uh, Hig- Higgins had Dobermans. Yeah, I know all about this. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Do. Perfect yeah. reference <laughs> right there with you. Well, just it was a popular breed. Doberman Pinchers were a popular breed in the 80s. Yeah, all because of Magnum P.I., yeah. I don't know if it's all because of, but I'm sure it had something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Is this this is the way it's going to be? <laughs> well, if you come up with better examples, maybe it wouldn't be like this. Listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. I I watched Magnum P.I. as a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, good for you. This is hateful. And I, Hateful times. So while we think... Okay, while while we know that Popeye is a lovely... I'm not done explaining how they become popular breeds and then they get overbred. Yes. And then, for instance, with Bulldogs, the AKC, they define what the purest form of the breed is. The American... making that face. The American Kennel Club? Yes. Yes. Well, you can't just use acronyms and expect everyone to know what's going on. So at dog shows... You know, they, they feel the dog up, they feel his little nuts, they feel his head, they they measure the distance from the nose to the top of the head. And so it's like this, there's this, it's really eugenics. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is AKC, the people who run the AKC, they're not really much better than Nazis, except they don't kill Jews. Okay. This really escalated quite quickly. <laughs> And well, they're listing what the perfect breed of dog is and how each breed is perfect. Yeah. And then what happens is that particular definition kind of morphs over time. People want a more smushed in face, which causes all kinds of breathing problems. Right. They want this or that. And then people overbreed and then they breed family with family. Mm-hmm. So you have a bunch of dogs that get forced into being cousin fuckers. And then that's not good for anybody, man. Oh, throwback reference. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So Popeye is for sure a victim of overbreeding. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got all allergies and his ears problems and his skin problems and his eye problems. He can barely see. And, (laughs) and, And I would say this. Yeah. I would say that it is likely that the vet is not charging us for his medical care as much as they are for rent. Because that's like our second home now. Yes, yes. Yeah. But we're happy to do it. We adopted Popeye when he was seven. And having him now, I just can't imagine his life in a kennel. I mean, I know people say that about all dogs. And I understand that. But Popeye, they have different personalities, right? And Popeye is, he acts like he's an independent kind of guy that doesn't need anybody else. But he is needy as hell. Yeah, he is. And he will put up a tough front, but he really just wants love. And if you don't pet him continuously some days, he will (laughs) cry and cry until you do. So it just, I'm sure that his, his family before it 
it was a difficult decision for them to make, right? Um, you hope it was a difficult decision. I hope decision. so. Yeah. Giving up a seven-year-old bulldog that they probably had for a long time. And maybe it was because of all of the problems that, that he started to have. And I'm not sure. But and the, the, the financial factor. Yeah, sure. but but we are we're happy that we can we can take care of some of that. Also, the vet is pretty reasonable. I haven't been like when they give me the bill like vomiting, you know. Well, lucky we're in a position to have that be the case. You know, if you imagine the people who had him before, maybe and not we're kind of imagining. Well, I'm no, I'm just saying that it's it's not like I think we're painting a picture like. Yeah, anyway, we're, not, I'm we're just, not spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's just, it's, anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Brittany is now visibly uncomfortable, so. Okay, so let's read a follow-up email from the previous episode. Yeah. Um, this is in relation to the conversation that we had about Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Of course, everyone knows the crisis that occurred. <laughs> Yeah, that Elizabeth Warren, it was it was revealed, had had a conversation with Bernie. She had perceived him as having said that a woman couldn't be president, wouldn't be elected. And then it got brought up at the debate. We played the clips of the debate. We talked about having uh, a situation where very likely two things could be true at one time, that he doesn't perceive himself as having said that, that she does perceive that being the way that it was said because of their two different lived experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that a, 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 a quality recap? Yeah, we also complained a lot about CNN and their role oh, in yeah, for sure. manufacturing the crisis, blowing it up, making it bigger, continuing it on for longer than it needed to be or it would have gone on. Without a doubt, they play the largest role in the faux controversy. Yeah. So here we have an email about it. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I want to address the Warren and Sanders debate from episode 651. Until a few months ago, I was pondering and bouncing back and forth between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. They are both great candidates, and I would be proud to be represented by either of them. Even after deciding to vote for Bernie... Popeye just farted, and I... <laughs> Wow, it's going to be a Popeye episode. It went into my mouth. Wow. And it's not even like a smelling it thing. It's I tasted it. What? <laughs> can you describe that a little bit? No. What we need, by the way, this episode is, is going like to- It's like smoke. It's like thick <laughs> paste in the air. It's like Franklin barbecue except dog poop. Oh. So listen, this episode is going to go on YouTube. <sighs> Maybe we need like a, a Popeye cam. <laughs> we'll develop the technology- for a Popeye cat. The thing is, because it's so thick and pasty, it lasts for let's, so can long. We, can it we lingers. Please? It lingers. Let's, okay. Let's continue with the email. Okay. Even after deciding to vote for Bernie, I held great respect and admiration for Elizabeth Warren. That is why this debacle was a great disappointment and actually fortified my decision to vote for Bernie Sanders. I agree with you, too. It is a great possibility that a a miscommunication occurred. Bernie might have misconstrued his words and Elizabeth might have misinterpreted it. In fact, it is quite possible. Knowing what we know about those two, it is very hard to believe either one is lying. Which brings me to the conclusion that Elizabeth Warren miscalculated her strategy once again. Read the previous sentence and then that one again. 
In fact, it is quite possible, knowing what we know about those two, it is very hard to believe either one is lying. Which brings me to the conclusion that Elizabeth Warren miscalculated her strategy once again. It seemed... It seems to me... And There's I'm gonna, a question mark on that, I'm by gonna the way. Let, I'm going to let you finish. I'm pulling a Kanye here. I'm going to let you finish. Okay. But um, categorizing it as a strategy seems to me that she does believe it could be a lie or that, that, that Elizabeth Warren is not being upfront and honest. It certainly paints a picture of some sort of nefarious activity yeah. on Elizabeth Warren's part that extends beyond a simple misunderstanding yeah, it seems in so. communication, a miscommunication. Right. Continue. She might have known, just like we do, Bernie did not believe women can't win the presidency. Regardless, she chose to validate the claim to the public because she thought would benefit her in the polls. It says pools, and so I got a little confused because I was trying to fix it on the fly. Maybe maybe they're running for swim team okay. and not president. She took advantage of this moment in a very small-minded way, disregarding the possibility of hurting progressives' fight, smearing Bernie's reputation, and hurting her own campaign. In summary, I agree with you that both, quote-unquote, might be right when it comes to that specific conversation, but it doesn't excuse Elizabeth Warren for her pettiness and lack of oversight. So, huh. even if both are right, clearly someone is wrong here. Get off the fence and pick a goddamn side. LOL. Is that, is that to us? <laughs> it's written to us, yes. No, that was that was that meant, do you think that's like the uh, 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 a statement to the audience, or is that, hey, you too, pick a fucking side? I think it's to us. All right. I also did not understand why you chose not to talk about it on the previous episode. If people were not talking about it responsibly, like you said, isn't that why we should? Mm, that's, a, that, that's a decent enough point right there. I absolutely love your show. It gives us the opportunity to listen to a balanced and honest analysis, exposes us to real facts, allowing us to have real opinion, even when we disagree. Thank you for all you do. You are both the best part. Stephanie from Florida. Stephanie from Florida. Well, as the audience knows, I am particularly fond of communi communications that contain um, pushback, dissent. I would hope that our audience also enjoys dissent when we push back against their pushback. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I am in no way an anti-Bernie guy at all. I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary in 2016. Here we go. I held my nose, as I like to say. I love to say. And uh, and voted for Hillary Clinton in the general election. Knowing the alternative was fucking Donald Trump. So I'm not an, an anti-Bernie guy. But the worst per part of, about Bernie Sanders is Bernie Sanders supporters. That's the worst part about him, his candidacy. And right now there's this there's this push to to discredit quote unquote even that there is a uh, a Bernie Bros exist. I even read a tweet today that said deny that that Bernie Bros is a myth and all it is is to try to silence people of color and minorities and their support for him, which I think is just bananas because all the Bernie Bros I know are fucking white guys. Pot smoking, easy going, 
college student types. Mm-hmm. They're not people of color. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Stephanie is a quote unquote Bernie bro or that type. But it is odd to me that people are so recalcitrant relative to, to any criticism of Bernie Sanders whatsoever. Like even today, Joe Rogan. He keeps coming up a lot. He didn't he didn't uh endorse Bernie per se, because when you say I'll probably vote for somebody, doesn't really that's not a ringing endorsement. No, it's not strong. And all these people who have all these criticisms of, of Joe Rogan in the past, right? Friends of the show, mm-hmm. if you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Even. I don't. Team Ian. Uh oh. At Team Ian. He's getting called the fuck out on the show. Wow. Having not called in. Anyway. Wow. He, he he loves Joe Rogan. No, no, no. Does not he love Joe Rogan. He changed his middle name to Joe hyphen Rogan? Yeah, yes, he did. Wow. That's right. <laughs> that is crazy. So anyway, so even he is like, well, you know, yeah, Joe Rogan has some bad things, but you know who else fucking gives lots of platform to Nazis? <laughs> the New York Times. So it's just... Yeah, it's crazy. and get your shit together, brother. So anyway, I'm just, I'm kind of ranting about Bernie fans and not really getting into the crux of the email. But I just, there's so much defense when all you have to do is, yeah, listen, I don't believe he said it. But that doesn't mean that, that Elizabeth Warren has manufactured this or strategized this or is this is to be laid at her feet as blame. At all. Again, two things can be this, correct at the same time. We don't need to blame Bernie. And, and by virtue of not blaming B- Bernie, that doesn't mean that blame falls at the feet of Elizabeth Warren and vice versa. Well, if I'm to take Stephanie from Florida's central point, what I believe it to be is that she believes that the miscommunication occurred. Right. So Bernie Sanders believes that that's not what he said. Elizabeth Warren believes that's what he did say. And Stephanie from Florida believes that Elizabeth Warren should have kept that to herself is basically what she's saying. Yeah. You, you know, I, In order to not damage the campaign of Bernie Sanders, to not damage her own campaign, to I, I, not create the stir. Isn't our, that's that's what I'm gathering. Isn't that thematically kind of like a feminist theme to. Oh, you've been slighted. You believe you've been slighted by a man who believes that no women can be president. Keep that to yourself, little lady. I mean, come the fuck on. I don't know that that's what she's saying. But I, I, come on. Well, again, and we we have said we believe it was a miscommunication, right? But I also... Uh, here's Here's the bummer, right? Let's say that Bernie did say it, right? Because it's not a sexist thing to say, right? If not if you're making a calculation of what the voters may or may not do. It, which is what he did. Yeah. Right? It's it, Even Elizabeth Warren isn't claiming that it was like his position, right? That a woman right. shouldn't be president. It was a calculation based on Trump supporters, right? Absolutely. Okay. Or even old, ready-to-fucking-stop-breathing white male Democrats. Even though it it does, right, butt up against, like, Gallup polling on who would be willing to vote for a woman. I mean, 92% of people in in Gallup polls have been saying, yes, we would vote for a woman since, like, 
2015. Well, over 50% of the United States voted for a woman president in 2016. Right. Over Donald Trump. Right. But so someone saying like, yeah, I think it's risky. Right. I think it's risky because I don't know if people are actually going to vote for a woman. Right. I don't think that that's a sexist statement. Right. Because someone is not saying, oh, I don't think a woman should be president. Yeah. I couldn't bring myself to do that. You know, they're saying based on perceptions in society and bigoted beliefs in society. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of a risk. Right. But even if he said that, he wouldn't have been able to admit that on the debate stage because yeah. of the fervor that would have occurred on Twitter afterward. Cancel culture and of him all of being that. called yeah. sexist and things like that, right? Because you, the the nuance gets lost behind the messaging. That all they hear is America's not ready for a for a female president, and they lose their collective fucking minds. Well, and the perfect example of this is after this debacle, which I love that Stephanie from Florida called it that instead of a crisis. <laughs> but it is a debacle. Yes, that he was asked something about, does he believe that being a woman is like something that will hold a candidate back? And Bernie Sanders said, like, every candidate has their problems, right? And he used the word problems. Oh, right, yeah, I And he this. said, I'm 78. A lot of people think that's too old. I think that's too old. And I have to win them over by showing them that our campaign has all these great ideas and that it's not about that, right? So he said, everyone has their problems. And then I saw uh, a But he also said, you know, if you're a woman... did he not say that to like actually list out some yeah, of the other yeah, things? Yeah, he talked about. Yeah, he talked whether about whether you're a person of color, whether you're gay. But, I don't think he went into that. But, but but he did he did use the word problem. Right. And so what happened was a journalist asked Elizabeth Warren. She quoted him and said, "This is what Bernie said. Would you like to respond?" Right. Trying to like, oh, he says it's a problem. Yeah, when right? clearly, I always like to say that we have the commonality of language. Everyone knows that when he says problem, he doesn't mean it's actually objectively a problem. Right. He's saying, relative to the electorate voting for you, it could be a problem. And this is what I'm talking about, right? This is the miscommunication. Although, I feel like (laughs) the journalist knows what she was, was doing being there. fucking lame yeah. knows what she was doing there but i believe that this is how the miscommunication happens right and not understanding intent and not fully questioning intent uh, intent not fully being addressed in communication yeah. so anyway it's a bummer that all this is happening but i feel happy that it hasn't continued to be an issue, right? Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren marched arm in arm on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, mm-hmm. and they didn't have to do that. I was going to, after I swallowed the drink, I was going to say, they didn't get uh, staged that way. They choose who they get to stand by, and they, they chose to stand together because they're those... First of all, they're the most they're the most closely ideologically linked candidates in the in the Democratic primary right now. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And two, they are good friends. And this this scandal, this debacle lasted only a short time. It was lengthened because of the media, but it lasted a short time because neither one of them wanted this thing to be a thing because mm-hmm. it's a distraction. It's a distraction from the primary. It's a distraction from their message. Well, and to, to answer Stephanie's question about why we didn't talk about it earlier, 
We're, oh, yeah. we're actually uh, trying to fill a position for a free intern who will plan all of our shows, <laughs> go through all the content that we send to the thread, and then organize it into a smooth, flowing show. Yes. And do that on a regular basis. It's going to be a lot of hour, but it's free. and Free labor. We need free labor We'll just for kind of like give you a pat on the back <laughs> in exchange for that. Just like a... Good work. And, and all the ignoring from Popeye that he can dish out. And the farts. Lots of farts. Tasty farts. If you, wow. Tasty ones. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. So Popeye would not be able to qualify as an emotional support animal based on his farts alone. It would trigger that, by the way, a crisis. is a beautiful segue yeah. into the next story. It really is. And good, uh, good work, me. All you have to do is say thank you. I don't need to do that. <laughs> I know it was great. Why not really just, soak in that for a while? Just celebrate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... The Department of Transportation has announced, you're going to love this story. You're going to be so excited because this is something that has really upset you for a long time. I know not many things upset you, but this is really one of the key issues for you. Ridiculous shit upsets me. Yeah. So anyway. So in, don't fucking so anyway. The Department of Transportation has announced a plan to revise the requirements for for what makes an animal an emotional support animal and, Good. and they are going to make those lg eligibility requirements more stringent yes okay. well, there needs to be some regulation well you know people are bringing like peacocks now fucking and... like little tiny horses and shit another fart yeah <laughs> the new rules are going to slim the definition to dogs that have received training to perform tasks for a person with a disability. Only dogs? Yes. Mm, see, I think that's a little bit too much. Including dogs that are psychiatric service animals. Yeah, see, that's that's great. So, according to the airline industry, just wait until you hear these numbers, the number of emotional support animals riding flights jumped from 481,000 in 2016. Oh, no. To 700. Okay, go ahead. 751,000 the following year. Because there were, you're not allowed to say, hey, sorry, you can't bring a peacock on the plane. Well, this peacock is trained to sniff out my diabetic attack or whatever. Well, apparently what has been happening is animals have been getting into altercations and have also caused injuries like they're yeah and and service animals don't do that right so there's been like service animals are chilled the fuck out Mm -hmm. anyway i'm sorry well so get fired up again so there's no longer going to be accommodations for like pigs cats rabbits these were other types of animals that were being some of that i think could be a problem because pigs are super fucking smart Pigs can be trained to do the same shit, maybe even better than dogs. They have the same kind of a sniffer on them, so they can sniff out if whatever. There's hormone changes, and I'm not an expert on it, but they can do the same things as dogs. So I, I would, I wouldn't want them to preclude certain animals, certain species from taking part in this. But come on, if you're just using this as a as a gimmick to get your dog or your or your animal on a plane, that's that's no good because mm-hmm. by law, the way it used to be, like if you walk in a restaurant or whatever, you shouldn't be bringing your fucking dog in a restaurant because it's unsanitary. 
um, they're not allowed. If you say it's a service animal, they're not allowed to ask for documentation. Hmm. Now, listen, if it's truly a service animal, it's been trained to do a task. I don't think that's a far cry to, to have someone to be able to show your, your dog's license. Yeah, no, this dog's legit. You know, yeah. So they've limited it to they've limited the definition of service animal to dogs because that's the most common yeah, type of service sure. animal, and they are open to like changing this rule. So they're actually accepting comments from the public for the next sixty days. So they're inviting the public to comment on yeah. this and give their feedback. And I mean, who knows if that actually is meaningful <laughs> well and if they're actually it, gonna gonna who, care what's the organization again the department of transportation so so the problem with this is it's like anything else it's it, this exists under the the umbrella of the trump administration and who fucking knows what they're doing who yeah. knows whether they have some kind of a malign intent behind their motivation or whether it's you know legit that's the problem. We don't know with our government anymore whether they're actually looking out for our best interest or the interest of some big industry, mm-hmm. you know, like the airlines. Yeah. Who knows? I- anyway, before we move on, I want to say thanks to Stephanie for writing in. We just moved right on to the next topic mm-hmm. because Popeye interrupted your your olfactory senses with the fart. Mm-hmm. It's the fart episode, everybody. Happens quite often. But anyway, thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate it. And whether I agree or disagree doesn't matter. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to write an email, taking time out of your day to spend your resources um, interacting with the show. If you, too, would like to sound off and get your opinion heard or disagree or ask a question, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email, like Stephanie did, to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We also want to talk about the National Archives, because this was quite a prominent controversy. Come on, man. And, I mean, it's really shocking. Well, it's the National Archives. Mm -hmm. Explain what happened, and then I'll lose my mind a little bit. Well, in a statement this past week, they acknowledged that they had made multiple alterations to a photo of the 2017 Women's March. Keeping in mind, this is the very first Women's March. This is the day after the inauguration of Donald Trump as president when all the pussy hats showed up and in in a historic turnout, Mm -hmm. women took to the streets of Washington, D.C. and cities all across the country. Yeah, so it's a large photo, 49 by 69 inches, and viewed from one perspective, it shows the, the 2017 Women's March. Viewed from another angle, it shifts to show a 1913 black and white image oh. of women's suffrage, the Women's Suffrage March on Pennsylvania Avenue. I, I didn't know that it was like like a it switched perspective. I didn't know that. I thought it was two separate photos that they shoot. Sure. Yeah, so it's linking yeah. two important moments yeah, in women's awesome. rights, right? But unfortunately, <laughs> they admitted that they altered it yeah. to blur signs any that, reference to Trump's name. Right. They that, blurred out. That were critical, that were critical of Trump. Yeah. And they admitted that that they made these alterations that they blurred these signs that were critical of Donald Trump and had that on display. The National Archives, of course, being a part of the executive 
um, branch of the government, which is under Donald Trump, which is one more instance of Donald Trump censoring not just scientific data, not just research, but any slight criticism of him because of his thin skin and his weak ego. Ugh. Yeah. They also blurred out words that were related to vaginas as well. So I guess it wasn't just things that were critical of Trump. But oh, also- medical terminology too. Yeah. <laughs> also, so they are also, also the word pussy. So yeah, but still then don't then choose a different picture. Also don't choose that picture. If you're so, Oh, I do declare. I can't even take it. Come on. It's also, that is, the. I mean, that's the purpose, right? History is messy. Yes. History is violent. History can be obscene, right? So, and- so are they also censoring that photo of that young Vietnamese girl who just got bombed by napalm and she's burning and she's naked and it's horrible and it is a statement, maybe the greatest anti-war photograph that's ever been taken? And are they gonna are, are they gonna edit that too? I, obviously, I'm not asking you to tell me whether. Oh, well, they let me are. get him on the line here. <laughs> let me send him a Skype request. But come, come the fuck on! You're the National Archives. Yeah. You're not the National Censored Archives. You're not the National What the Public Can Handle Archives. Right. Your job is not to put a pretty little bow on history. That is right. And have us believe everything is neat and pretty and okay. Especially in the age of Donald Trump when nothing is donned with a bow. Yeah. Well, and I, I kind of had an issue because they said they made a mistake. And I was like, uh. Yeah. That's not a mistake. I don't like that phrasing. A mistake is... um. Tripping and falling. It's an accident. This isn't an accident. Mm-hmm. This was intent. There was several layers of decision making that went into this. It's not just some random in the basement of the National Archives. Yeah. Well, let's. Who's like blurring anyway? Let's read the more of the statement. Quote: As a as a nonpartisan, nonpolitical federal agency, <laughs> we used to be, but yeah. You know, We blurred references to the president's name on some posters so as to not engage in current political controversy. Our mission is to safeguard and provide access to the nation's most important federal records, and our exhibits are one way in which we connect the American people to those records. Modifying the image was an attempt on our part to keep the focus on the records. Hmm. Believable? No! (laughs) No! Yeah, I don't think so either. Clearly their goal is 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 up front in your face and stated plainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not the National Censorship Board. They're the National Archives. Yeah. You archive history. You chronicle what took place. You don't cherry pick and change. Cherry picking would be one thing. That is not what they did. They altered. Mm-hmm. They altered history. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. All right. Someone wrote in and asked us where that clip came from. Do you remember? Um, I believe yes. it was a police behaving it, badly video. It was a traffic stop mm-hmm. probably in 2015 or 16. Okay. This clip here. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. And it was... Uh, I don't know, a 30-something black guy. I think he was taking care of biz. I think it was a, it was a taking care of biz. Mm-hmm. He was in Virginia. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, I, I believe it was Virginia. I, don't take my word, but I think it was Virginia, and he was holding the cop to account because nothing had happened. Right. He didn't do anything wrong, and uh, he was yelling at the cop, mm-hmm. and the cop was just, he had this meek kind of, Ugh. I made a mistake. What a... Uh, this is, and he knew it was being filmed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, 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 a such a great moment that it's been memorialized here on the show. Yes, as uh, prick shit, bruh, mm-hmm. is the is the name of the clip. Yep. So uh, you know we we've used it. I, I've often thought about reaching out to him and saying, "Hey, man, thank you. We we use that all the time." Yeah. <laughs> you should do it. So let's move on. Before we move on, I want to talk about something that happened in Michigan. A bank in Livonia, Michigan, a gentleman um, took his check in to to be cashed. And uh, the bank says, oh, we were suspicious of it. And our verification software wasn't working well. So we told him, hang on a minute. Let's see if we can get this thing working. In the meantime, they called the cops because they were suspicious of this black man mm-hmm. cashing a check. Mm-hmm. The irony comes into the fact that he was cashing a check that was a payout for a racial discrimination lawsuit. Yeah, his name's Santore Thomas, mm-hmm. and he has now filed a new lawsuit. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Claiming that TCF Bank in... Livonia, Livonia, Michigan. It's a Detroit suburb. Um, claiming that they, the employees there, humiliated him by calling in four police officers after he tried to deposit his legitimate check. So he which tried was, to deposit his check, which was payment for a racial discrimination lawsuit from his employer. Right, and they were suspicious of him and treating him with suspicion, yeah. and said that the check would need to be verified but they said the bank's computerized verification system right. was not working that day wait wait was not working right that day <laughs> and then because of the malfunction she said that she would need to make a phone call in order to complete the transaction for him and instead they called the cops but then she asked him how did you get this money yeah which shows intent Th- this bank is they're going to settle out of court. What's going to happen? I mean, can you imagine that? Yeah. Right? You are going into a bank. You're going to deposit a check. And the bank teller says to you, how did you get this money? Yeah. Wait. Even more thick is you're going in to cash a check that is part of a settlement of you being racially discriminated against. And then the bank racially discriminates against you by calling the police because how could this black guy on any what? Why? How could he have this much money? Mm-hmm. So, of course. Absurd. Of course, the bank is now saying that they condemn racism. Of course. Oh, of course they do. And that it was not a factor at all. Wait, wait, wait. In their statement, did they say, oh, wait, wait, wait. Now we 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 condemn racism. Before, eh, it was kind of a take or hit or miss, but now we for sure condemn it. They're saying that the, <laughs> you remember the computer system that was yes. malfunctioning? Mm-hmm. That it read the check as fraudulent oh. because of a scanning problem. So I'm kind of confused about this whole malfunctioning thing. <laughs> 
Um, but he so went, it seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, he went later that day and opened a bank account at Chase. Oh, we don't need to give them any. No fucking, problem. Yeah, we don't need to give them any any uh, any attaboys. Chase, I know. Yeah, but. Jamie Diamond, we get it. Yeah. But <laughs> but what we're saying he is, got his money within twelve hours of opening his account, Chase. Yeah. What yeah. what I'm saying is, is he has a good case here. Yeah. Because nothing sure. was actually wrong with the check, and the computer system wasn't down. But now they're saying the computer system Reddit is fraudulent, even though it was down. Anyway, it's all over the place, right? So this could have been a, a, an asshole of today segment or taking care of biz on his part mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna follow this I, i'm gonna put this in a on a google alert which is something i decided i'm gonna start doing good idea so we can do follow-ups on stuff yeah because i want to see where this thing goes well let's read his statement he says quote i'm a united states veteran i have an honorable discharge from the air force they discriminated they discriminated against me because i'm black none of this would have happened if i were white fact yeah and he also by the way he doesn't need to say any of that about his backgrounds, right? He can just cut to, they discriminated against me because I'm black. None of this would yeah. have happened to me if I were white. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't make it... Certainly, it doesn't matter that you were in the Air Force. Well, I think... Okay. No, that's not a slight. I mean, I mean the a veteran. I know you're thinking that I'm shitting on Air Force people. I know what's happening. I'm not, Jesse was a Marine, I'm everybody. Not, we get it. I am not... That is not what my intent was. Mm-hmm. It's not! Okay. <laughs> Although, come on, man. You couldn't have picked a better service. What I think... (laughs) I really wasn't meaning it that way at first. The reason I'm highlighting this is because a lot of times... I think people of color, their their like accolades are used right. to illustrate yes. that they don't deserve whatever poor treatment they're getting in, right. in, in terms of discrimination. It doesn't and, make him uh, more less worthy, more worthy of of normal treatment, right? Being or because you know what I mean, right? Yeah. You you could have any job you could have any background right. and you would still not deserve the treatment that you received in this situation that's right and i think it's important to just highlight that yeah you shouldn't walk into a business and automatically be met with suspicion right especially because you're black mm-hmm. i mean let, let me tell you something and this is what a white privilege thing i would be fucking outraged if I was treated with suspicion because I'm checking a ca- cashing a check of any denomination, of any amount, mm-hmm. there would be hell to pay. If I'm treated poorly at a bank for any reason, my hackles go up. I'm pissed off. I can't. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Again, this is white privilege. Being treated. Uh, I. I I'm I'm without words. I, I would lose my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. No good. Yeah. So I don't know whether this should have been a taking care of biz or an asshole today. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. 
We would like to thank our new Patreon supporter, Steve. Steve! And then we have several people here who have given donations on PayPal that we would like to thank. We would like to thank Robert. Robert! We would also like to thank Richard. Richard! Is it going to be an R day? One of those days? James. James! And Daniel. Daniel. Daniel from Denmark. Daniel from Denmark. Yeah. International support. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. For those of you, and there are some who are wary of Patreon. I don't know why. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. It is very secure. In fact, we know the CEO. Uh, we're not like pals, hey, palling around, but we've met him several times. Mm -hmm. uh, we've actually bumped into each other at concerts and things. Mm -hmm. And he is a stand-up character. It's not an organization that is fraught with security issues and 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 disregard for the people who donate on the side. It's it's top-notch for the, sure. The main controversy that surrounds the organization is that they deplatform white supremacists. <laughs> that is that is the main is that they don't allow uh, assholes to to make money on the side. So. Correct. Anyway. Which is a pretty um, okay controversy. Yeah, I'm okay with that controversy. That's, that's an okay for sure. one. Yeah. That is not a debacle, as Stephanie that called is not the, the Bernie debacle. Sanders thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thank you guys for the support very much. We appreciate all of, of, of the, the effort, your, your blood and treasure, as it were, helping to support this show. Independent media today, more than ever, is very important. And we appreciate every single one of you. Who, who steps up to support the show. Um, one more time before we go to the next segment, Dalamocracy, uh, we would love to hear from you, whether it be phone call or email, 657-464-7609, or of course you can email the show, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dalemocracy, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, I think we all know that Donald Trump is uh, a dummy. That should come as no surprise to anybody. There's three things I want to talk about right up front. One is Donald Trump's grasping at straws. And then the other two are about how much of a dummy he is. One is kind of sinister dummy. One is just, come on. What a dummy. Mm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm eager to hear more about well, it. So so today was today was the March for Life on mm. Washington. Yeah. Which is a massive fiasco if you work on the Hill, as I used to, uh, when these people show up. <laughs> and they and they march all over the Capitol and they go these to the Supreme people. Court. All these knuckleheads, they descend upon the Capitol, mm -hmm. the, the complex there. And they, they march from there up to the Supreme Court. And they're they're just everywhere with their signs and their chants. These people who are protesting women's right to health care. Women's right to reproductive health care. Reproductive choice. The, 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 one more thing. The, the, these are the same type. We're not talking about people who are arguing for like 21-week bans on abortion, six-month bans, nine-month bans. We're talking about people who believe that the moment that the egg meets 
with the sperm. It's actually the other way around, but the moment a sperm meets the egg, that is the time that a baby is magically there. Fertilization. That's right. Not implantation. Right. Or even after. <laughs> yeah, so listen, what I'm what I want to talk about here is Donald Trump. He's the first president in the history of our country since this thing's been going on since Roe versus Wade, 47 years. 1973, yeah. Uh, he's the first president to ever physically appear, not a, like a magic trick, but to actually be there. Usually they'll call in and the audio will be broadcast or replayed or there'll be video yeah. of them, like a video message. Yeah. No, no time. George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, Ronald fucking Reagan never showed up. Donald Trump is the first president to show up. A couple things this tells me. He's desperate. This is a desperate move because you know what? You know when he didn't show up? The first year or the second year of his presidency. Well, you know what he said, right? Yeah. Well, I've, well here's, uh, here's one thing that he said. Today, as president of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. Yeah. I want to welcome tens of thousands. This is a tremendous turnout. Mm. Tremendous. Tens of thousands tremendous. of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. Yes. Yes. So that wasn't what I was referencing specifically <laughs> in terms of desperation. I'm referring to when he said, they are coming after me because I'm fighting for you. Oh, that's right. That's why they want him impeached. So trying, yeah. yes. So trying to make a connection between his impeachment and abortion rights. And listen to those cult members cheer for their for their leader. Listen to these people who, oh my God, some some teenage girl wants an abortion after she finds out she's pregnant? Oh, who do we turn to to tell us the truth? Oh, a man who has committed adultery on multiple periods of time against multiple wives, who's having sex with porn stars while his pregnant wife is at home. Yes, dear leader, tell us about morality. Tell us about abortion rights. Shut the fuck up. Well, and I mean, I'm surprised that these people aren't more interested in hearing from Trump, right? Uh, like his testimony on yes. how he yes. how he was once pro-choice, right? Supported what conservatives call partial birth abortion. Right, how he came from that position yeah. to now being pro-life. Yeah. Like, he should get up there and share his testimony, right? Sure. Really get into it and convince people and try to try to bring people from the other side. Not just that. He went from um, support for what they call partial birth abortion, nine-month abortions in emergency type of situations, to women should be put in jail 
for having abortions. That's what he told Chris Matthews during the campaign in 2016. That's quite the turnaround, mm-hmm. is it not? Well, I would just, I would love to, this this population is fascinating for me because th- there's a quote in this USA These Today. are my people. This is how I grew up. There's a quote in this USA Today article that says, quote, we are fighting for women and babies. We're standing for the women who need to be strong so they don't get an abortion. And I would love to ask this person. And, and people like this woman, does she support birth control? Right. Does she support the morning after pill? Does she support uh, employers covering these things through health insurance for their employees? Right. It, does she support food stamps and programs that will provide, right, cash benefits, food benefits for low-income individuals. Even Donald Trump said something. We're going to play the clip one more time. Listen to Donald, listen to that, to, to that point that you're making right there. Today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands, this is a tremendous turnout, tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. Every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. So I want to hear more about the government-funded child care, right? I want to hear more about government-funded preschool programs, right? I want to hear more about Pell Grants that are going to be increased and offered. I mean... Nutrition in schools, free lunch. Right. We want to hear about that because after a child is born to a low-income teenage mother, what the fuck are you going to do now, Donald Trump? What are you going to do now? I'm sure right after that he started talking about school lunch debt and how it shouldn't exist. Sure, exactly. Right disgusting because all of these people only care is this conceptual idea about this egg and this sperm that meet together it's also magical oh it's spiritual and magical it's also these people are against medicaid expansion that's right they're getting ready to curtail that right right not only are they against expanding it they want to take it away from people so it wait wait that woman has seafood in her cart? She's going to use food stamps to feed her children? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, we have to take that away. Yeah. It, it's something that really frustrates me. And it's particularly frustrating because I, I grew up poor and I was on food stamps. So did and I. I watched my mom struggle very much, working a lot um, killing herself mentally and physically in order to ensure that we had a, a place to live in. And listen, she has her flaws. We've talked about them here, but yeah. there was a period of time where she really was giving her all to keep things together so that we weren't wouldn't be homeless. And if it hadn't been for that government assistance, right. there would have been four hungry children, right. not just 
a mom who's made bad decisions in her life and has bad ideas about shit. Four hungry kids who are innocent in this matter. Right. And I will have people that that know my history. They'll be able to sympathize with me, even though they hold these political opinions, opinions of wanting to curtail access to food stamps or not being in favor of the Medicaid expansion. And it's like, listen, you can have compassion for me and my story and Medicaid paid for my wisdom teeth right. removal. Yeah. Medicaid pay for paid for my appendix removal, right? When it almost exploded and I almost died. Okay. So if you care about me because you know my story and you care about me, then you need to understand that it's not just me. It's well, so many other people that you would care about if only you knew yeah. their story too. It's right? that your story's not special. It's right. not unique. Yeah. There are millions of Britney Pages all across the country right. who need the assistance of the government because of whatever reason. And here's here's another thing that's frustrating to me. And I recognize this sometimes within my own field, right? The mental health field. People can watch movies like Slumdog Millionaire or... I don't know. What's another movie where like there's an underdog, someone who goes through very difficult times and it's very moving. There's many. Every movie, yeah. Um, And they can watch that and they'll cry and they'll be so moved and they'll love that character and they'll identify with that character. Redemption. Right. There are real people, though, that have those same stories that are having those same struggles. Yeah. And if you can find your compassion for a fictional character on a TV show. Yeah. You need to figure out how to implement that in real life with the people that you're working with that may not be perfect. Absolutely. That may not have that perfect storyline that may be very flawed characters and and channel that into real life change. Right. We can do it for fictional characters. We can practice more of it in our real life. And that should be a goal, I think. Well, given me kind of a a segue here. Donald Trump does seem to find his empathy and his his patriotism, it's faux as it is, but for for soldiers, for for sailors, for marines, for airmen, even airmen, Brittany Page. Oh my god. <laughs> and th- th- let's take a flashback. Bone spurs? A- after no, no, not the bone spurs. That's oh. too much of a flashback. Oh, okay. Uh after we killed uh Qasem Soleimani, Iran retaliated. Yeah. And they bombed a U.S. base, an air base, I believe, in Iraq. And we talked about those headlines that came out after that saying that no Americans were killed. Yeah, there were no injury, no casualties. Now, the way that the U.S. military looks at casualties is a casualty is any injury whatsoever. So when you hear casualty relative to what the Pentagon says, that could be injury or death. They're both categorized the same. Now, in the paperwork, it gets delineated. I didn't know that. But when you hear casualty, that that so when you hear like thirty four casualties, that's that's could be injuries too. So okay. anyway, so Donald Trump talks for years. How how long has he talked about being the most militaristic, the most respect for the military? He loves the troops. He loves the troops. Oh God, how does Donald Trump love the troops? also kind of confusing though because he he doesn't love people who were captured that's right he likes them to not capture it's kind of confusing yeah so after that 
uh, attack, they they attacked the the base after we killed Soleimani. They 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 attacked the base, and all the reports were no U.S. fatalities or casualties, none. Yeah, no injuries. They must have meant to attack a place that there were no Americans, which leads them to we don't have to escalate this thing because they did that. Well, now we're finding out that's not the truth. In fact, thirty four. Americans were flown from Iraq to Ramstein Air Force Base or Army Base. I'm not sure which it is because, as you know, Brittany, I, I was a Marine with head injuries. You don't fly someone out of an area because of headaches, which we're going to get to the clip Donald Trump referred to. Traumatic brain injuries. That is right. And then a a, a large portion of that 34 soldiers were flown out of Germany to Walter Reed Medical Center for even further treatment. So we're not talking about headaches. We're not talking about surface issues. We're talking about serious, traumatic brain injuries as a result of the escalative nature, if escalative is a word, of Donald Trump killing Soleimani, them attacking a base, and harming American Warriors. Here's Donald Trump when confronted with this information. Repeatedly to Americans um, that after Iran retaliated for the Soleimani strike, no Americans were injured. We now know at least 11 U.S. service men were airlifted from Iraq. Can you explain the discrepancy? No, uh, I heard that they had headaches and a couple of other things, but I would say, uh, and I can report, it is not very serious. You don't Not very consider serious. potential traumatic brain injury serious? Uh, they told me about it numerous days later. You'd have to ask Department of Defense. No, I don't consider them very serious injuries relative to other injuries that I've seen. I've seen what Iran has done with their roadside bombs to our troops. I've seen people with no legs and with no arms. I've seen people that were horribly, horribly injured in that area, that war. Uh, in fact, many cases put those bombs put there by Soleimani, who's no longer with us. Uh, I consider them to be really bad injuries. No, I do not consider that to be bad injuries. No. He's referring to them as fucking headaches. This is the president of the United States, the commander in chief of the armed forces, downplaying injuries that occurred because of action he took. This is a complete abdication of his role as commander-in-chief and taking responsibility for his actions. Was this part of why he's a dummy? Because you can die from a traumatic brain injury. Well, no, well this and is... And he's acting like, oh, they just kind of bumped their head right. and have a headache. It's for sure part of why he's a dummy. And I, I believe... It is, one, it's it's sinister because he's covering up for his own actions. He doesn't want responsibility. He, he wants all the power of being able to send troops here and there. He wants all the power of being able to, to say yes, to pull the trigger, as it were, on military strikes. But he doesn't want the responsibility of what comes with that. Mm -hmm. What the, 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 the ramifications. ramifications, as it were, of this. And uh, where he's a dummy is that Oh, that they he has both his legs. What do you mean a brain injury? I can't see any blood. 
that's not an injury. Right. He's a fucking moron in that way. So he would also dismiss like the trauma that people walk away with. Right. Just PTSD in general. Right. As though that's something he can't see. Oh, nothing's missing. He's fine. They're fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disappointing to have the commander in chief, right, dismiss serious injuries in this way i mean what message does that send that the commander-in-chief that their commander-in-chief is dismissing their injuries as just headaches right because they're they're going to hear about this they're going to hear these statements and i'm sure that they will feel dismissed i'm not sure if they will feel surprised right yeah Yeah. well that's the thing listen i served under clinton and that was when i was a republican and nothing that he really did or said, I don't think it really affects morale on a on a unit by unit, on a on a troop by troop measure. But if this type of attitude, and I don't believe it will, but if this type of attitude is to trickle down throughout the, the service and throughout the commanders, then it absolutely will have an effect on morale. And that's a big deal. We have an all-volunteer force. And when you start to winnow the 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 pool from which you draw volunteers to serve your country, that's not a good thing. And this will only lead to that. Yeah. So the other thing, as I smash the mic uh, stand, that really, really points to him just being a fucking dummy is when he was in Davos, Switzerland. <laughs> For the World Economic Forum. Yeah, and he's being asked about... Tesla, which is now apparently bigger than Chrysler and Ford. Like, wow. It's a massive company. Elon Musk. Listen to Donald Trump talk about e- Elon Musk. Our. <sighs> Listen. It is some days and some clips that you watch really are a distinction between what we have now and once what we once had with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Imagine Barack Obama answering the question about what he thinks about Tesla being worth more than Ford and Chrysler and what his answer would be. Juxtaposed against this. Tesla's now worth more than GM and Ford. Do you have comments on Elon Musk? Well, you have to give him credit. I spoke to him very recently, and he's also doing the rockets. He likes rockets, and uh, he does good at rockets, too, by the way. I he never saw does the engines good. come down with no wings, no anything, and they're landing. I said, I've never seen I've that never before. Seen that before. <laughs> and I was worried about him because he's one of our great geniuses, and we have to protect our genius. You know, we have to protect Thomas Edison, and we have to protect all of these people that... Uh, came up with originally the light bulb and the, the wheel and all of these things mm. and he's one of our we invented very the wheel. smart people and we want to we want to cherish those people that's very important They're but dead. he's done a very good job uh, shocking how well you know how it's come so fast i mean you go back a year and they were talking about the end of the company and now all of a sudden they're talking about these great things he's going to be building a very big plant in the united states he has to because we help him so he has to help us mm. Then it's like a a threat almost at the end there. We help him, so he has to help us. He does good. 
with rockets. And he's also doing the rockets. He likes rockets, and uh, he does good at rockets, too, by He the does way. good at rockets. I'm well, sorry, it's worse. He loves rockets. He loves the rockets. He does good at the rockets. He's, uh, you know, he's like a little five-year-old. He's, uh, he's into the rockets. Does good at the rockets. I mean, it's truly remarkable. <laughs> I mean, listen, if it wasn't so fucking hilarious, and it is hilarious... It is simultaneously sad and tragic and dangerous yeah. that this is the man who's running our country. Yeah. Well, it's sad because Rucker Bregman was not invited back to the World Economic Forum. After last year when yeah. he called out the, the rich fucks. The billionaires, yes. For paying more in taxes. Yes. That it's not about charity. It's not how much you think you're giving to charity. Yeah. It's about how much you're paying in taxes and letting collective governments do some good work. Yes. Not invited back. Not in, and, and then he went on uh, Tucker Carlson's show. Mm -hmm. white supremacist show and same kind of a thing happened didn't go well did not go well yeah anyway we are going to end it there next episode episode 653 we're going to be talking a little bit about impeachment yeah we're not going to do a full recap of everything we're going to do there's too much too many hours in the day have been covering that we're not going to do that right we're going to do highlights we're going to do how many people watched we're going to i'm going to talk about my new crush on adam schiff maybe you've changed your mind That's the most recent thing you've changed your yeah, mind about. We love is, that question. That is for sure the most recent thing I've changed my mind about is yeah. Adam Schiff. Uh, that guy, I hope, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, I was going to talk about our next episode, but I'll say it now. Okay. I think Adam Schiff is going to be our next senator here in California. All right. And I will support and maybe even get involved in that in that campaign. Wow, yeah. look at you. Yeah. Really I'm turned around. Pretty pretty excited about that guy. Yeah. So anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We would ask that you uh, rate and review us on the old Apple podcast. Profanity free. Yeah. And the reason we ask that, if you're new to the show, is iTunes apparently is run by Mormons. They won't post it if you use profanity. Yeah, they don't like any profanity in their reviews whatsoever. They'll just so. block it. Eh, doesn't really count if you curse, mm-hmm. which doesn't work in real life. That's not the way it works. I mean, you listen to the show for five minutes, you know. Yes. That's not the way it works. Definitely not. The other thing we would ask is if the, you are, have you been on the fence or you're interested in supporting independent media like this, if this show gives you any value at all, if you find value in this program, we would ask that you help support us on Patreon. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. Or if you're going to shop on Amazon this week, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. Not clom, not dot clom. Just be aware you're going to make Jeff Bezos even richer. You're going to put employees that work in the Amazon warehouses in further danger. And also the delivery drivers who are running around like crazy trying to make your one day deliveries happen. So just be aware that you really are contributing to the downfall of society as you use that. But if you're going to do that. But if you're going to use that link, because then we'll get some of that at least. Well, you'll take some profit out of his pocket. Sure. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, sure? Yes. That's ab- absolutely what'll happen. Totally. You don't get charged anymore. You contribute to the downfall of society. Yes. And then we get a little bit of the money he would get. Exactly. <laughs> 
Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. We love you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Popeye just farted, and I... (laughs) Wow, it's going to be a Popeye episode. It went into my mouth. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.